Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Good. Starting to get overwhelmed with uh, my backlog of things to watch, so I need to mm-hmm, catch mm-hmm. up with that. Because I, I got these, as I mentioned last week, talked a little bit, I got this class that's going on. I get no time right. is, that I've had, and there's so many things. It just It's not like content or media slows down. Right, right. So one of my uh, a YouTuber that I follow, it's an English guy who does anime videos. He did his top ten of twenty one uh, anime. Oh, you know what? We also didn't do and a top ten of twenty one or anything. I guess do we do that? Not if we do that. Do we? I, I don't think. I don't think we do okay. that. You don't do that then, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we could, but we're we're. Hey, it's the thirty first. We're a month I never really liked those anyway. I never like. There's plenty of those out there. People can do right. It's a weird, like, yeah. How do you do the thing? And but anyway, this is just his Sorry. personal, like, like top ten of twenty one. And I was like, you know, there are a couple of those that I didn't watch and have no intention of watching. Um, but almost all of them, like eight of them, I have on my list of either I want to start watching this or I started watching it and didn't finish it. And so I did two things. One was I I resumed a show that I had had watched halfway um, that I'll probably recommend to you when it's done because it's about Max and you'll probably like it. Okay. But it's, um, I got to the end of the episodes and there are two more, but the next one doesn't come out until March. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had known that before I picked this back up. Like I, you know, I normally watch anime as it's airing, but to have like a month, two months between episodes, I'm like, I'm not going to remember what's going on, even if I do watch it fresh, because often what I'll do is I'll I'll pick up a show and it's been out for a couple weeks. And so there are three or four episodes and then I'll forget I'll get watching other things because anime takes like a level of focus and concentration because I always watch it in the original Japanese. So I have to read the subtitles um, that I'll put it off for weeks and months. And then when I finally come back to it, I'm like, what is going on? I don't remember like, I remember who these characters are, but I don't remember these, this, like, politics going on in the world. And so that was a thing that happened today. Yeah. And then a thing that I did, I don't know, Friday or Saturday, um, was I found a new show that, you know, the the subject of it was, was interesting to me. It's about a guy who, um, he likes making these traditional Japanese dolls in their clothes just like his hobby it's a thing his grandpa did and so he does it too and he meets a cute popular girl in school he doesn't really meet her because he's shy and introverted and nobody you know he has this one obsessive hobby that nobody cares about but the girl it turns out is into cosplay but has no idea how to sew and so they have this like they become friends because you know he's fascinated in this thing and she and anyway i watched there are four episodes of it and i watched them all that first night and i'm like i have a backlog of shows to watch <laughs> and i just picked up a new show like that's i, I that's how i think goes. i've done a couple of that um now that shell's here we she watches all completely different shows than i watch like sure. whole different universe and so and she'll right. she but she likes her shows she's got she's got her shows like i do mine She'll, she loves mm-hmm. to go into the bedroom at night and right before she goes to bed and she'll watch one of her shows or something, right? So sometimes I'll sneak in there and we'll sit down and watch whatever she might have on. 
Because not that I don't like it. It's just different stuff. She mainly likes true crime and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, right. So that's what's happened, too, is that I'll get into like, oh, let's watch this true crime thing. And I have too much things to do. <laughs> I, I should right, be watching right. the For All Mankind. I should be watching The Expanse. You know, hmm. stuff that I know I absolutely want to watch. But and I and I will. But, you know, I just got very this this last weekend is going to be the last weekend for that class. So I'll have freed up to catch mm. up on a lot of things. I, I will say that things I did get to do was um, I beat Hades. There is an actual winning to that game, which I didn't expect. Um, mm. Like you can, everybody, you know, we talked about this before. It's a roguelite. So you do go mm -hmm, through it. Even mm -hmm. if you beat the last boss, you repeat and it's storyline supposed to be it's, it's in the storyline, but sure. Um, there is a big, which I, you kind of know that there's a big story, big epic story, but I didn't realize that there was an end to that. And there is an end to that. And it's a, it ended. And I, when it happened, I was like, oh, they're, they're telling me all the things here. This is, this is kind of like, they keep kind of teasing you along throughout the way. And then I'm not giving away any spoilers to any of this, but you have an ending and you're like, oh, okay, cool. That's, that's how that ends. And it, it ties you back in so you can keep doing runs and have a reason to do it. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. like a storyline reason, which is also really well done. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They, this makes sense. Okay. I can keep playing the game and not feel like I'm not making progress because I am. Because there's a bunch of side quests and a whole bunch of stuff too. Uh, sub stories, sure. I should say. A whole bunch of them. A whole bunch of sub stories that you get from playing and unlocking stuff. Um, but the main story, I would say credits rolled. You know, that was the most important part. Right. Like, holy cow, look, the credits rolled. So that's, that's something. <laughs> I'm sure people who play Hades like a billion times are like, dude, that was like my first day or something. But sure, sure. I was, I was fairly happy at it. I, I think I've gotten pretty decent at the game. But nice. yeah, you, as, it, as you go on further after you beat the game, say finish the, the game for the first time, it, mm -hmm. it allows you to increase the difficulty by certain ways, like you get to choose things to increase. And sure. I only like increase it to level, let's say five. That's just the number, right? Currently, actually I'm like at seven. And I know people can upgrade it to like 25. So I'm not that good, right? Just, <laughs> I'm just seven out of 25 good. Um, nice. Yeah, and then people, I love it when people do like speed runs with difficulty maxed level. I'm like, you guys are impressive. Yeah, are so our impressive. our buddy Fox likes to watch those uh, those video game speed runs, and I guess for for Hades, I've heard what they do is they have to beat it uh, with every weapon, right? Yeah, on, in some in some versions, and I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, well, it, actually, in most versions, you have to. Oh, I mean, on the speed runs, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The weapons are so so unique and different, and all the aspects of them are so different. Um. Right. And I, I just, some, I, we're opposite you and I, we talked about that. I think we talked about this last week. You're a bow person. I can't use the bow to save my life. Um, well, I've not, you, you said something about a gun when we played before and I've not unlocked anything like a gun. So yeah. there might be a, a ranged weapon that I unlock later that I like more than the bow. The bow is just the one like sort of ranged uh, weapon that I have that I have access to. Yeah. It's all, it's all play style in that game. Sid plays it a lot and she's, um, she plays with her favorite weapons and I have my favorite weapons. Everybody kind of has their, 
their stuff, but you do get the game's weird. I, I was talking to her saying that I don't know what it wants me to do because you those difficulty things I was just talking about, like to be able to increase the difficulty, mm -hmm. you get benefits for increasing it. Like there's there's things you can't do unless you get higher. You play at higher difficulties, right? Right. Um, yeah. And and those are based on weapons. So when you go back to let's say the bow, if I went to the bow, I'm only on difficulty one, and it's the highest I can go up with the bow is difficulty one. Um, but if I go to difficulty, if I beat it there, I go to difficulty two, I can get all sorts of rewards for beating level two. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So while I can play my favorite weapon, it's on a really hard level and have a hard lane. So I'm not getting rewards. But if I go back and play my, the other weapons on the lower difficulties. Oh yeah. It, it incentivizes yeah, you to, to, to switch. It, it is incentivized you to switch. But you also don't get those difficulty bonuses. So I don't know if it wants me to stay with one weapon and keep working it up. Or, you know what I mean? Mm. It's kind of... Mm -hmm. little, I, think, I think they do want you to like get, get good at all weapons, basically. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, I don't talk about Hades too much. But it was really fun that I, I finished that this week. And total surprise. It was one of those, I'm just going to do one more run for the, at the end of the night. I'm like, ha ha, I got it. And then... Nice. Credits roll like woohoo, um, yeah, pr pr pretty pretty neat. Uh, anyway, we I did that. I I watched a show with Shell. I'm just gonna bring it up here now. Called In from the Cold. It's on Netflix. It. I think I saw banners for that. Yeah, I saw banners too, and I thought, give me give me a look at that, and because you know I'm looking for things that Shelly and I can can watch together. Um, that we that kind of straddles those things. Uh, I will tell you, if you see the banner on this and you, you are tempted to watch the trailer, the trailer is pretty good, but the trailer is nothing like the show. Like it is, but it, it, uh -oh. it hides the main thing of the show. Um, let's just okay. say, uh, let me get an example. Um, you watch a trailer, let me pick something out here that we all know, um, about Spider-Man, Right. And it's not called Spider-Man. It's called The Adventures of Peter Parker. And mm -hmm. um, they never show him having spider abilities or powers. And then it just shows okay. you the life of just Peter Parker. And then you watch the show and you're like, wait, this is a superhero show? And you're like, I thought this was this other show about a kid in his life and his, you know, trying to make it with his friends mm -hmm. in high school. And, and now you're getting okay. me a superhero show. That's, sure. that's what this does. This... The trailer, both trailers sell you on a spy thriller thing, and then it's something totally different. Hmm. Like, and then they, they throw that at you at the very end of the last of the first episode, and you're like, that's not okay. And we, we almost immediately were like, yep, I'm out. We're, we're not going to watch this. Hmm. So we got to episode one and done. And then, honestly, the lead is pretty good, but the rest of it is very unbelievable. Like, you know you, how you okay. can um, suspend disbelief of some things because you're like, oh, they're a spy. Okay, they just walked into the Kremlin. Um, okay, how? But they, okay, we're <laughs> just, we're just going to ignore that. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. And you're like, none of this makes half. This is just so unbelievable that every other ten minutes I was suspending my disbelief on. Okay, sure. Okay, sure. Okay, now I'm not even caring. Mm. I'm not even caring anymore. Um, yeah, that's no good. Yeah, they're just like next to the next to the next to the next. So. That's unfortunate, and it and it had it the the premise of it being that it was very Black Widow ish, where the um, 
the the premise of the thing was that it, the trailer sold me on is that it's a a retired female spy, Russian spy, who's living a normal life for like ten years or fifteen years, something like that. Has a kid, has a life, and then she's found out and somehow made to go back into her life of espionage. Um, that's what it was sold as. As it, hmm. it seems like a good premise, you know, James yeah. Bond coming out of retirement, etc. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, you know, what? I still haven't seen that last James Bond. It uh, it was long. Was it very long? Mm-hmm. The new speaking of long, the new Batman's three hours. You hear that? It's coming out. The sparkle like diamond Batman. <sighs> awesome. You're, Who's you're gonna love that, right? Somebody, not somebody we know, but like. Somebody is making. Who's making that? Matt Matt Reeves. He's the director. I don't know what else he's done. I'm sure he's done lots of other things, but I can't think of the name. Okay. Um, I, f- I felt like there was some reason that we were optimistic about that movie. Well, but I don't remember. Now. They're, they're, I think they're the reason we're optimistic about it. I, mean, cause I, I think all the premise of it was um, dumb. I mean, another Batman. You know, we we sure. just had the yeah. it's it's gritty realistic Batman. We've already had gritty realistic Batman. Nolan did it great. Not too long ago, mm-hmm. rebooting Batman after they just rebooted him again not too long ago. Um, and it's a right. whole other actor, whole other cast. Um, I think that was the way we went down on it. the the up the upshoot of it is is that um, it's supposed to be a whole lot like Joker, like that Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Um, you know. I, I that's funny you you say that because um in oh this was off the air we were talking about this uh in an episode of the flop house they do uh it's a podcast on max fun they watch bad movies um they had a listener question right in and say um it's super cliche to say hollywood has no original ideas and probably a thing people have been saying since hollywood has existed as a concept uh he said but what are some movies you all have seen that you think would have been better if they had been separated from their source? Like if you made a remake mm-hmm. that that wasn't a remake, that was just a, a new movie on its own. Yeah. Um, you know, what would that be? And I feel like you and I have had similar yep. sort of um, thoughts about movies. Yep. Um, I think Loki's always my one I say a lot of. Right, Loki, uh, Last Jedi. Yep, yeah. If that had been just a generic sci-fi movie, probably could have been okay. It obviously wouldn't have made the money that a Star Wars movie makes. Mm-hmm. But to a certain extent, Solo, like Solo, is, Solo. Was fine. I think Solo would have been. I, actually, I think Solo would have been I, better without Solo. It kind of. It, it's like at, at least some of the stuff that that they put in there, the, the like just weird, dumb fan service that was servicing no fans that i know yeah um but joker was on that list too like that could have been you know a really successful and i didn't see it but i i think maybe even you said something like this that like if it's just a story about this guy who goes through you know whatever like mental illness stuff that that character goes through separate from all of the batman comic book lore um that it actually would have been much better i i kind of liked it because of that i i i totally know what you're saying and, and i don't disagree with that so it means i mm. agree with that 
yeah, I don't, I don't have strong feelings about it because I said I no, didn't see it. it yeah, it's funny. We, we just, I watched that with Shelly like two nights ago. Um, hmm. Obviously, I'm inundated with Batman stuff with the class that I'm taking. Um, oh, sure. So it's like in my face for many hours all the time. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, and then that, that movie is brought up multiple times by this person. Um, sure. As many times as they can throw that out. Mm. obviously i'm not (laughs) jaded on that but anyway um right the um so it made me think oh yeah there's some scenes there and i that i had a little bit of background for now like behind you know like talking about like oh maybe i should watch that again and it is a a show that i think that shelly would like um and she did like it um so we we Mm. did watch again i will say watching that through a second time it's good it is good and if you haven't seen it dennis i would i would recommend watching it um it's very slow. It's like two hours long movie and it's very slow at the beginning, but it's, it's one of those, like it has to be slow. It's intentionally bringing sure. you down to a place where you hate what's happening. Like you hate how you feel. Right. You hate everything about, it's all sad and down and just depressing. And, and I, I, when I had to pause it for somebody came in the room or something, we paused it and it was an hour and I was like, Oh my God, it's only an hour in. And she even said that she's mm. like, it's only an hour in. Uh, but by the end, you're like, okay, cool. And if, it almost feels like if I hadn't gone through that hour, I wouldn't have felt the way I did. The payoff the wouldn't wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, yeah. which which yeah. that's good and bad, I think. Right? I mean, you, you don't, I don't know, you don't want to. An hour's a long time to be to get a feeling across. Across. I mean, I mean, I guess, but I don't know. At a certain point, like there you know i can it's like when i watch something i didn't like but i can appreciate that it exists and there is a person out there who it is for yeah that person is not me sure um i would rather that than you know just everything be the same yeah just everything be like i i have a hard time i say this all the time i have a hard time with long form tv shows right TV episodes. I'm like, why does everything have to be? It's part of what I liked about The Mandalorian that so many, you know, the episodes would be like 30 minutes long or 25 minutes long. And I'm like, you know what? You told the whole story you were trying to tell of whatever town he was going to to help them kill their dragon so he and Baby Yoda could move on to the next town. Right. Uh, we didn't need, you know, 43 minutes. We didn't need 59 minutes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to tell that story. But when I watch a show that's really good, like, season one of Westworld or Deadwood. And I'm sure I have an example that's not from HBO <laughs> that I'm not, that's not coming to me right now. Um, you know, I appreciate every, every minute, every second of that, of that content. So I would rather, um, you know, I mean, nobody likes to watch something, you know, consume a piece of entertainment. That's clearly not for them. Um, and not or or that is just not gratifying in whatever way it's not is not fun is not funny is not emotionally moving like whatever the 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 piece of entertainment is supposed to is trying to be doing trying to be doing yeah, whatever um uh and doesn't doesn't succeed at that for you that's not a fun time but i would still rather things be true to what they're trying to be that makes sense yeah no uh and, and this um, one I, I, I don't want to go to it because we'll watch it maybe we'll watch it someday but um this one 
is I think people would watch it and think totally think this is not my movie and I, they, that I'd be railing on it because it's not happy. It's in any way. It doesn't necessarily have a happy ending. Um, yeah, even without seeing it, I I wouldn't have called it something you would like. Yeah, for sure, right? And all of all of those reasons, Batman's not in it at all. Um, mm-hmm. So it feels like nothing. But the the com I want to go back to the comic booky part of that was that as it ends, and this is not a spoiler. I'm not saying spoiler, but because it's called Joker, right? He does get to the sure. point where he's the Joker, right? And Mm-hmm. While he's not the Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson Joker, he could right. maybe be the Heath Ledger Joker. Um, right. He could, because that seems fairly realistic. But w- when it happens and the way the world kind of ends up there, like how Gotham ends up and how the Joker ends up in all the ending of the movie, you get a sense of like, oh, this is how a comic booky thing could be real. Like... You look at how over the top a character like the Joker is and seems like completely implausible in a practical way. Mm -hmm. You're like, this makes sense. I could see this in the real world happening. Right. Right. The way, the way it plays out. And because it's, because it's slow, because it slowly takes its time and, and things all around are building around slowly that you kind of don't recognize it in the periphery. And then you're following this very close, like your camera is centered on this character, but there's all these other things that are happening. And then they all kind of come together in a perfect union at the end that you're like, okay, this is a wacky person who's psychotic, like truly psychotic. And um, this clown thing, which is there from the beginning and the laughing and stuff, like all makes a whole lot of sense and makes, and the world makes sense with him. Um, and why Batman, now I can see why there, Batman would look at this guy and say, you're insane. And he just, anyway, it just, that, that part of that made me feel like this character is much more believable in all Batmans, you know, cause like, comic mm. book characters are comic book characters. And you're like, these guys are in tights and, or villains. They're just way stupid and over the top sometimes. Right. 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 There's, there's, there's that, or like the ones, you know, we look back on the history of a character like, um, I was, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a comic book guy, much less a comic historian, but I watched a video essay once about, uh, original Miss Marvel, right? Carol Danvers mm-hmm, yeah. before she was Captain Marvel. She was Miss Marvel yes. before Kamala Khan became, uh, Miss Marvel, uh, right? Miss Marvel. Um, and there's so much stuff in her backstory. That's just like, it's not even problematic. It's straight up like awful and wrong and horrible but you know you look at stuff that's you know over i mean for original first first string comic book characters like superman and flash and um you know probably batman pretty early on um you go back to you know through through the decades as our culture has changed say like oh yeah that's not that's that's a real problem like like we can't and then you even in the comic book medium it's still not long form storytelling you're still not going to tell you know uh 50,000 words on how a villain became a villain you know from being a a um a regular person yeah and it's usually something you know really lazy and boring which is probably why comic books do goofy stuff like getting 
dropped in a in a vat, vat of something something yeah chemicals or or electric eels or whatever because the the you know more standard lazy origin that we have in the last 30 40 years is you know something with with parents yeah right it, they're either missing a parent or one of their parents is is gone and this conversation would be more interesting if you had seen Peacemaker because there, <laughs> right, yeah. there are references that I want to make to Peacemaker. Like he, he goes on a whole rant about Batman. Yeah, another thing uh, on my and list. His, <laughs> and his, uh, his, um, well, it's spoiler. So I won't tell you what it is, sure. but um, I've been watching that show. It's, it's pretty good. Like, I think, I think I'm enjoying it a lot because it, um, I say it's dumb and goofy and it is kind of dumb and goofy, but in the way that, um, well, in the way that the suicide squad was, yeah. um, cause it's, you know, same, same story, same director, James Gunn. Um, but for TV, it's like, um, it's kind of like doom patrol, right? Or, yeah. uh, what? Like the boys, but not as dark as the boys, um, you know, this kind of, uh, new kind of comic book, uh, a TV show, yeah, TV show thing. And the, I find the opening theme song to be very catchy. <laughs> and so I, whenever I think of it, then I have that song stuck in my head. I'm I like, get, oh, I wish I had a new episode. to watch. I, I will say this. I'm a little worried about with superhero, the superhero genre is that we're, we're, mm. I think the costume people are getting lazy. I think they're okay. they're falling, and I'm talking about Marvel as well, like in its movies and such, is that they're, especially DC too, uh, is that they're falling into this, like, it's okay to be over the top and crazy. Like, once once Captain America in, in the first Avengers movie, once Joss Whedon, of all people, decided to put him in his comic book outfit instead of his, like, semi-realistic gear, fighting gear, it seemed okay. it, everybody was like, "Oh, okay, we we can do that. We can put it in a super blue, red, white, and blue outfit or a sparkly." Yeah, it's things. the 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 argument or not argument, but like the logic I heard for that is that you know, just as I was saying, over the decades and the culture change, it's like in the early two thousands, right in the wake of nine eleven mm-hmm. and all of that, um, we had you know. The X-Men were very subdued, very, you know, almost militaristic, um, just like practical combat gear, you know, like it's still comic book. It's still, you know, a little goofy, but it's like as restrained as it can be while still, you know, having a guy with claws in his hands. And yeah, I agree. A woman who controls the weather. Right. And then over time, like it got more... um Goofy it got more flashy, yeah. more goofy. Um, and that's what's happening. Starting... I think that's what's happening with the MCU. I mean, that's a, things. a big part of the success of the MCU. And I say this all the time is its ability to um, like balance the serious with the goofy because, you know, the, the basic premise of most comic book, not most like there are some, you know, watchmen and whatever that are, that are not based on the silly goofy premise, but like the premise of an alien in tights and, you know, luchador underwear and stuff 
is goofy. Yeah. And you can tell a story around that, but you can't stray too far from the fact that this is goofy. Well, you, you, you um, look, I mean, when you look at like the Suicide Squad or I'm assuming uh, Peacemaker, the outfits are super goofy and they're meant to be super goofy. Like, right, like James Gunn is right. doing super goofy here, right? Look, look at mm -hmm. Peacemaker's helmet and such, right? Uh, th yeah. And he even puts like polka dot man. It's That's the thing he's doing. Um, but it, what's terrible is when you watch things like The Flash on WB and they look just like those outfits, right? And you're like, mm. you're like, these look just like they were out of the Suicide Squad, but they're trying to be serious with them, right? Right. Um, and, yeah. you know, I, I still th say things like Captain Marvel. Um, she makes her, her her outfit based on that one girl says the colors. Like, no, that makes no sense that she would have colors like that, be super red and whatever. Or, or um, Black Widow. Yeah, her outfit was cool when it had like the blue pinstripes that were light lights, LEDs all the way through it. But like that, how does a spy sneaking into a place at night? <laughs> what does that make any sense? Right? It's completely right, over right. the top, um, and they're just yeah. going worse and worse. And like, if you look at like the Falcon's outfit, it's terrible. It looks mm. a lot like the comic book, but that's that's a terrible reason, right? Sure, it's really yeah. really not great. Um, so anyway, I started looking at a lot of that stuff and I will say in that it, it kind of, the reason it's in my head is that show that I was just talking about, not recommending, uh, the, uh, in from the cold. She, mm -hmm, she, mm -hmm. remember she's spy person, right? And at one point right. the, the people give her an outfit to put on and she makes the comment like, this is terrible. It's so tight. And I don't, you know, I don't, and they're like, it's got tracking software and biometrics and stuff that you have to wear it. So she's like, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. And she puts it on. I'm like, that's a black widow outfit. She's wearing the black widow outfit. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is dumb, right? Like she would be in right. Com comfortable clothes that are, that are, that she can move, maneuver around in, not any of this superhero garbage. Uh, so it made me kind of right. take a look at all this other stuff. And that would make me think of suicide squad. We're like, they're intentionally over the top. James Gunn can do some of that stuff with, space things with the guardians because it's a little hokey and they're green aliens. So it kind of makes it that way. But anyway, right. it's that kind of stuff is making Marvel slip. Um, and then you're going to make people like, ah, oh, it's just cartoony and kids. And that's a problem. Um, hmm. I mean, look at Peter Parker's outfit. He was like, he was fine. And then he got this super metal outfit and now he's in a Iron Man outfit. And yeah, anyway, right. There's, there's my rant gone off the tracks. <laughs> uh, Anyway, so yeah, we watched that stuff. Another thing I watched, I kind of wanted to mention a little bit, was this show called Behind the Curve. Uh, I don't want to spend more than a minute and a half on this at all. It's just about flat earthers. And I'm sorry if you're a flat earther and you're watching the show and you're a fan. Uh, don't. Don't be your fan. I don't want you to be our fan. We're, it's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it the other did we? They're did crazy. we talk about this last week? I think we, did a, little, I think we did a little bit off the air. Okay. Uh, I, I was just kind of mentioning the thing. It's, it's, uh, I don't like to watch a lot of these, like, documentaries uh, because um, I'm always like, they're trying to, they're going to try anytime we see a documentary. I'm often like, if it's a good documentary, they're going to play it. Even they're going to give like even airtime to things. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So I was really skeptical, but I actually like this one because it's just informative, like a Ken Burns. Kind right. Of which, a... you know, something like flat earth, I'm sorry. is just insane. It's just crazy. Right. And, sure. and uh, I saw that and I was like, no, this is, I'm I'm not going to I'm not even going to give this my time of day. 
and even and I don't want to be convinced, right? But I was again, I was sitting with Shell, right. and I was like, let's watch something completely ridiculous, and let's both make fun of it. Uh, she right. she fell asleep before we started making fun of it, but it wasn't really the. It was good. I'm recommending it because it definitely was not. It kind of played like it was being fair and balanced because it was con- fair, it was kind yeah. of kind to the people. But sure. but it was it was the the documentaries planted squarely in that these are these is not a, a rational thought, right? Right. And and there's all sorts of psychologists the whole time saying like, hey, we got to like take this thing the way it is. And so anyway, it it's on Netflix. And if it's not funny, they're not making fun of anybody on there. It's not one of those things. Uh, hmm. But it, it's it's definitely one of those ones you watch. And you're like, yeah, there's there's a lot of people out there that. That this is a psyche, especially in our world right now, where things like the mistrust of everything, of experts and right. such, are, are so important. Yeah. You can watch something like this that isn't necessarily about politics, um, right. but still flows with those kind of sentiments and help yeah. help you understand a little bit like, yeah, you know, I see that perspective without getting political. You know, I see that perspective right how wrong it is and why they think that way, even if their way yeah. of thinking is wrong. So, so if you can think that with the flat earth people and you can say like, they're definitely wrong. No one's saying that there, uh, but I see how they're coming to wrong conclusions and in, right. it, you know, it's called uh, mentally how they are perceiving that. Uh, mm-hmm. I can maybe translate that into how other people think of other things that shouldn't be wrong, but they're thinking of sure. them wrong. So it, 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 right. it was a, it was worth watching. Um, and pretty fun. Okay. Hey, hmm. uh, I got a question for you. Okay. So Microsoft bought a bunch of companies last couple of week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, this makes me sad. I don't want to talk about something. I, I, I got I got I know. But it's one of your big companies. It, it, it is. It is. It's, yeah. I don't want to call it my company anymore. Cause I know. See, that's, that's, well, I want to bring this all together here, Dennis. I mean, first, first, the truth comes out that all the all the guys at the top have just been treating all the women in the company horribly for years. Yeah, and then so I kind of just stopped caring about it for for a long time, and then Microsoft buys them out. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, fine, everything's terrible. Everything's terrible. It's all the worst. It's fine. So we're talking about Activision Blizzard in this one case here, um, mm-hmm. which. We've talked about on the show a little bit that there was controversy. We haven't gone into real detail in it. There's a lot of other things covering it, but we did talk about it here. Um, so they've gone into some stuff. I, I can't remember when we discussed that. You you knew a lot more about it than I did. Was that from different teams, or was it as the company wide? And I'm I'm kind of pointing out World of Warcraft here a little bit. Like for example, the, the people who worked on World of Warcraft aren't the people even in the same town that worked on Call of Duty. Right. Oh, right. No, I mean, was it, was this like from all branches of all things or I think, I think the lawsuit was specific to blizzard. I think act or I don't know, maybe Activision was, was separate. I mean, I know people were talking about in the, in the news that I was listening to or news, the, the frog pants podcasts, uh, um, instance and core, um, you know, they were talking about specific people at Blizzard, like not not on the Activision side of things. Oh, so not on um, the Call of Duty. See, I would have, and I would have understood I mean, it. Or not, not I would the, have believed it more if it was 
the dude bro not that there wasn't yeah not that there wasn't that kind of stuff going on over there either it just that part of the news didn't interest me in any way and so i didn't really look into it i don't play call of duty games so um, oh well so so i guess it was on the blizzard side which is that makes it sadder and it doesn't make it sadder it's all terrible if no matter what side it was on but right i mean that was some of the some of the hardest parts about that whole that whole situation was finding out that you know all of the maybe not all of them but the the guys the podcasters that i listened to like they talked to women that they knew their their you know wives girlfriends and friends that they had in the industry who were like yeah of course this was going on at blizzard like this this goes on everywhere yeah and so you're like okay yeah that's a that's bad and it needs to be fixed but it you know yeah i mean it just it just sucks because you want to think and i don't know if you know it's weird weird sort of um you know the sort of problem with being having brand loyalty is you know you want to think that your your thing is is good it's better especially especially a company like blizzard that had this big plaque you know it's like their version of of google's you know don't be evil or whatever their thing is it's like they had this this code this like you know set of things that that was their you know gameplay first and i don't know what the code is but it's like you know yeah they're not they're not perfect and they make mistakes but this is their thing like they're focused on this and they're they only do a few things but they do them with excellence and this and this and just it just sort of brought that all crashing down for me where i was like yeah no yeah not, that's that's and not, and that's not interested right, no rightful reasons was, to disappoint you or make you feel that way i mean for sure i am i mean i'm i'm not half the blizzard fan that you were but i still have enough like for them to that also to be a a sad thing i um so not we're not talking necessarily about that, but they were you know they were having some problems with that, and it sounds right. like um that they from the top decided that instead of trying to dig themselves out of the hole, they're having another company do it for them right okay um yeah i mean some, i mean I haven't kept up with the news, so yeah i mean um I don't I'm know. sure that nobody said that right no no it's not like <laughs> right. Microsoft no. just said like we're yeah, we're definitely buying and trying to dig them out of the hole, and Blizzard was like we're terrible market value, so we're gonna you know. Definitely, definitely in public, nobody said that. Exactly. But, they, but that's... That was, that was part of my initial sort of, uh, uh, not despair, but like frustration is that when the, when the lawsuit news came out, like almost within a couple days, like the people at the top were, you know, still a hundred percent denial. And then it just took a day or two from people at all levels, just under the top were like no this is not they're denying it but this this lawsuit is is you know maybe not justified but like the legit. things that the, the in this is legit yeah basically yeah the the um so microsoft like, cool microsoft. so not only not only were you doing all these horrible things but you're gonna you're gonna double down and and try to deny it after you know the state has brought a lawsuit against you like it's not a frivolous accusation right uh micro, um, microsoft buying um buying them for oh well they they also bought bungie let's say um what was it oh yeah that just just happened today or something or yeah we just, right. just heard about it today uh so they uh let's see they bought them for almost 70 billion dollars 
billion dollars. Um, okay. They also, and that's both. That's both. It's all of Activision and Blizzard. That's all Activision and Blizzard. The wholesale thing. Um, and then they bought. Um, I mean, that's a lot. That's, that's so, a whole lot. They bought. I mean, it's a lot of money, but that's a lot of company that they bought. Yes, it it really is. So comparatively, they bought Bungie uh, for three point six billion uh, today. Uh, so, um, I mean, Bungie is, I know people are going to have a hard time when I say this first, Bungie is a a young company. And I mean that not because they, they obviously did Halo and tons of stuff, but they split off from Microsoft because they were part of Microsoft before, but then I don't understand the whole legal parts of it and how it all worked. But I think some people were originators of it and they wanted to start their own company. So they kind of like made a deal to leave and takes, they bought the the name or or some kind of thing, right? Like, so they were a newer ish company within the last, I want to say five years, probably less. Um, Okay. And they made their big thing was destiny, the game destiny. Right. Right. Um, So, you know, they, and they may have done a few other things, but you know, I I don't have it right here in front of me, but they just hadn't done the the breath. Yes, they have the history of Halo and all that stuff, but that's not with this company. Microsoft still owned all that other stuff. Uh, so yeah, them Microsoft buying, has owned Halo for a while. Yes, so them just buying, basically buying Destiny, right? Is what what they're doing there. Um, Interesting. And then for three point six billion. So, but when you buy Blizzard, yeah. Activision Blizzard, you're buying Call of Duty, Diablo, World of Warcraft, Warcraft, Starcraft, everything, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure it took a dip after all the stuff with the lawsuit, but I have to think World of Warcraft is still just like a money printing machine. Um, I mean, for I guess for whoever owns it there. I mean, um, they could probably I mean, it's you know, it, it there's expensive things to run. But I think the 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 not rumor, but the like hearsay or whatever was about the about the company was that even smaller projects that were. You know, probably like, I don't know, Heroes of the Storm probably had a moment or two, but for the most part, I sort of assume was always being subsidized by War- World of Warcraft. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I would but, believe that too. I, I think that, um, yeah, I mean. And I mean, I'm not saying that like, the, you know, WoW subscriptions are just pure profit, right? Yeah, like, sure. A game like World of Warcraft has to cost a fortune to run. Like, right servers and maintenance and gms and, and tech support not to mention development teams working on expansions and classic team and and all of that stuff but but if, if they if they stop have always been a ton of people um paying for that game yeah and playing it and if they stopped so. or slowed down development it would be pure profit i mean not, not i mean not pure profit i would say sure i mean the the, the maintenance right. things are they already lose, on the books right th- right they would lose you know people would drop off if they if they stopped or slowed um but there's a lot of mmos uh, that, but... that slow down or that have a less production schedule than say wow does or at least not to the the huge expansions that that wow does um sure, and yeah. and still make a you know a nice little tidy profit so wow would do that actually the the number of the 70 billion dollars was to me i thought was like that's what i would have guessed just world of warcraft would have been worth but you know what do i know um, I mean, if they're even making five, if they have 5 million subscribers, let's just say, uh, what do they pay? Let's say average of $10 a month. So 
you know, $50 million a month just, just for, just for mm-hmm. a subscription on that. Not to mention all the other stuff they right. would get for it. Um, the in-app purchases or whatever they're called, uh, microtransactions. So yeah, it's, it's just money every month rolling in. Uh, I think that would be worth the $70 billion itself. Uh, so anyway, that's big. Probably the biggest thing that Microsoft did besides buying those things uh, is Call of Duty because mm-hmm. shooters are staples like football games of consoles. They are guaranteed money makers. It's the reason why they make them every single year and they can just Yeah, it's basically it yeah, it's a different it's a it, it's the other side of the coin of of World of Warcraft. Yeah. Right, it's like you work on it, you release a thing, and people. Plus, the you know subscription game also has the expansions. But yeah, the shooters and the other like the sports games. But I think EA still is not, and I, does somebody own EA now? Uh, Microsoft has a deal with EA to put their put some of their games on the on the Game Pass yeah. thing. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think EA still is, is independent for now. Um, but yeah, uh, with a game like Battlefield or Call of Duty, they don't rewrite the engine every year, right? No, right. They just right like a like the Madden games again to go back to EA. Like yeah. they're just updating, puts you know some new uniforms, some different kinds of guns, and new maps. Yeah, and, and, and they might they might tweak a little bit again. of a thing with the engine, but I mean, yeah. you and I are in, in uh, programming enough to know that. If your underlying functions are already all built, you're just reskinning kind of stuff and you know putting other features yeah, in. It's that aren't a big deal. It's probably not that dissimilar from uh, you know like making a WoW expansion just with less story. Like even if a yeah, even if a shooter has a story, it's you know I played the stories in Halo and Destiny Two. And some of those games, are, you know, it's a few hours. It's nothing mm-hmm. like the story and the worlds and everything built in a in a WoW expansion. Well, what's even what's even um, worse is that like Battlefield twenty forty two launched on the PlayStation or all the all the things, and it had no mm-hmm. single player, so they don't even do that. Oh, right, it's just like a just like a like a big patch. Yeah, to, <laughs> basically, basically like a big patch, right? That's um, funny. I mean, it's all new maps. And, and such, but yeah, that's sure, what, I sure. mean that's again we know if we know you know how the sausage is made. You're just going in there and, ma- and using the tool sets and having new artists draw new new artwork and using the assets and building the stuff. But you're you're using the same, you know you you make yeah, you make, make to, a new gun. You you just tweak the variable a little bit. Not you know? to disparage any of those. I mean, yeah, I don't mean to task, those created like like new you know new gun new art assets and all that stuff. But it still is not. It's not a whole new game. It's not starting from scratch. What you're saying, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not starting from scratch. Yeah, at, at all. Um, and they and they just remake those. So buying something like Call of Duty is so much money in the bank, right? And it comes with yeah. so many people. Um, and for Microsoft, they already have Call of Duty, but now they can just shut off the waterworks for their competition. So that is a a purchase to not necessarily make more money which they because they already have these like diablo i think is already on xbox and so is these other games are already coming to these other consoles right they're just going to shut them off from everything else uh which is which is the 
the big thing. That's a seventy mm. billion dollar purchase to stop your competition from getting that. Um, yeah, and yeah. which is which is kind of I don't know. It just feels to me like you have the money, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not good, yeah. right? Like I know that we we sometimes you know, and I don't know, we don't we don't talk politics but it's i don't think you have to be too political to understand that monopolies are bad right like the only way the only way like a market capitalist anything works is if there's competition right there has if you have one person controlling everything now you're back to having a king um and so like you know we can sort of be like "Eh, i guess it's okay when you know somebody buys something up and you know like george lucas was just sitting on the star wars ip for years and then he made his movies and they sucked but you you know you bring in disney money and you're like oh cool we can do you know we could do anything now and it's some of it's been good and some of it's been less good and all of that but but here with, um, with microsoft buying it but i mean microsoft I don't mind them. yeah microsoft doesn't have a track record of really like doing well by games by gamers you know so it's not like disney at least for all the you know and i'm sure there are books and essays on there about all of the terrible things that disney does but they at least for the most part not always but for the most part like understand what their audiences want and make good entertainment and you're like okay well at least they're gonna make good movies like there's a whole conversation kind of thing and i don't mean this to be about disney but with Microsoft, you're like, uh, I don't know. Microsoft has such a history of like not getting it right. Whatever, whatever it is from like, you know, the browsers to, um, you know, just various flops and, and, and things over the decades. Um, and they're not, you know, they're not a game company. Like they're this massive company. And yeah, I'm sure games is its own whole division but you're like i don't know i don't know it even if i wasn't already like nervous about my brand that i used to really love and you know kind of kind of separate myself from that mentally yeah um it's not like it's not like microsoft buying them makes me feel better right? right but like oh they're gonna they're gonna fix it they're gonna finally have enough money to and i i never thought at any point that blizzard needed money right right? so i was like what is microsoft bringing to the table here that blizzard didn't already have like are they going to put more blizzard games on xbox i don't care about that no are they going to put um they'll be on the game pass with those are yeah are they going to put you know are they going to merge a wow subscription into the game pass okay i guess i don't i don't i haven't been playing world of warcraft for a while now so i don't i'm not really invested in that either um and so i don't see and and i don't i don't i also don't think of microsoft as a company that uh, and i don't know maybe this is true maybe not i just don't i don't know i don't have an opinion on it i don't see them as like a some kind of ethical or moral like like bastion that would (laughs) bastion um you know that could that could resolve those issues for the company either so i just don't know 
for me, there's nothing, there's nothing for just for me personally to grab onto to make a positive spin out of this. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, um, I don't, I, I don't know either. I mean, I don't know what, that's a really good thing point that you made was that, um, what does Microsoft bring to these com- companies? I don't think anything. Honestly, I don't think that they bring anything. Um, except exclusivity, which is, I don't think is a good thing for the companies. Um, I mean, it's maybe good for some of the companies to it's good sell for consoles Microsoft. and stuff, but it, it, yeah, it's not good for the players. Definitely not good for the players. Not good for the customers. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess you could look at it as it's good for current Xbox players, right? I guess that's that would be the best thing. Or maybe even PC players, because I can certainly see at some point World of Warcraft coming to Game Pass. Um. Sure. For for sure. I can see basic World of Warcraft coming to that. Um and Diablo. Diablo for certain will come to it. Um, at least Diablo three. Uh right. I mean well, you it's a box. It's a box price now, but they could put it on Game Pass. Yeah, they'll just, I said they'll just put it on Game Pass. Um yeah. all the a lot of the stuff that you see on the on the Blizzard launcher will just go over to uh, to Game Pass at, at some point. Overwatch mm-hmm. will go there. Um, at least the first right. one, um, until Overwatch two comes out. So yeah, they'll, right. they'll, uh, so if you're a current Microsoft, um, environment person, sure. That's a, it, it's nothing's going to change is the problem besides getting game pass stuff. Nothing's going to change. They're not, they're not going to pump more money into, to, to Blizzard to make world of Warcraft better to re, to yeah. re, you know, invigorate that, that game. I don't see them. I don't know. Look what they did with with Minecraft is what I you can look at. They bought Minecraft and Minecraft has continued to grow. Sure. But I don't know if the game itself is massively different than it was 10 years ago. Do you think so? Not really. I bet you some people um, are throwing a fit right now. I said that, Right, right. My um new blocks my... do not constitute new game. I'm saying, right? <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my oldest niece. I'm gonna get in trouble because I'm gonna get. I know. I feel like everyone gonna say is about Minecraft. He's very touchy. Right. No. Uh. Well, this isn't gonna get back to her. Nobody in my family listens (laughs) to our podcast. Um, she's, I want to say, sixteen, and um, my nephew was asking me like he forgets. He's like, "Have you ever played Minecraft?" And I'm like, "Oh." sweet summer child <laughs> right he's he's like eight i want to say um maybe maybe not even that old and i'm like i was i was frustrated by mechanics in minecraft before you were born right um but uh my niece said something about java right and i'm like this is the only this is the only i never thought that you know a a person this young would say something and obviously she doesn't know what java is yeah. but she's talking about the java version of minecraft compared to the bedrock microsoft uh uh versions and i'm like that's just funny yeah said, yeah and, and you know they've done things like unite systems you know like console yeah. can play with whatever yeah like getting so people can play Together, together, you know, cross-platform kind of stuff. Right, but 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 the Minecraft game, I'm watching, I watch Sid play it, and she still plays it, like, all the time. 
Uh, so it's a testament to Notch, no matter how you feel about him, making this game, right? Um, Notch Pearson. Right. Uh, is that um, when we played it 10 years ago, it it's not vastly different what you're doing in the game than you were then, right? You might, right. You might have some new blocks, but really, when I still ask her, like, is gold any different? She's like, no, it's still like a weak armor. It's, it's still thing. Do they have new monsters? Well, kind of, right? Um, is there like stories? No, not really. You know, um, there's some. I guess they did some stuff like with copper that sounded pretty interesting. One of my nieces or nephews. Well, they, they I know they do. This... Have, they do have things like she'll buy these packs that people will take. You think of it as mods. You buy mods. Mm-hmm. They mod. They made the game. That's probably the biggest thing they did was that they made the game moddable, mm-hmm. and then sell had a marketplace for those mods sure right but that still feels very much like microsoft figured out how to put a storefront on minecraft right right right. that that's that sounds like a business thing to do right um yeah so anyway how how does that translate to diablo right what what are they going to do with diablo i i don't i don't know how that would so the the only the only thing i had this thought we were talking about minecraft and we should move on from this but um (laughs) The only the only thing I would say about because I said earlier I was trying to grasp for any kind of positive spin is that Microsoft seems to be somewhat invested at least more than uh, the other players in you know the other big players in the video game field Sony Nintendo uh, various big PC um, players which aren't many that I would have said besides Activision Blizzard. Um, they seem to be invested in more invested in cross platform play at least between PC and Xbox. Which I know doesn't mean a lot to PlayStation or or Nintendo people, but um it's still something. Yeah. Right. There's always been a little more friendliness between PC and Xbox because of Microsoft. Of course, Windows. Um it's the same thing. Right, because Windows. And but with their like Game Pass stuff, um, they seem to be more invested in that kind of thing, which is good. You know, cross-platform stuff is always is always good, giving the consumers more options. And so, I don't, I don't know, I don't own an Xbox, so that doesn't, you know, really matter to me personally. Yeah. But that's a thing that maybe could be something. Oh. Well, before we move off onto this, there's three things I want to say quickly about it that are important. I'd be remiss not saying it. One is a fix. Uh, the, the two things we talked about, Blizzard and Activision, uh, and we a couple IPs we mentioned, uh, but mm-hmm. you have to mention in that purchase also comes along Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot. That's basically Mario and Zelda for Sony. Uh, for Sony? Yeah. So okay. with PlayStation 1, Spyro and Crash were their like flagship things. Um they never owned them. It was always a different studio, but that those mm-hmm. characters got sold around to different things or whatever, and now they are part of Activision Blizzard, and now Microsoft owns them. So it's as if... It's kind of like when Sega, when Sonic the Hedgehog is, can now be on anything, right? It used to be just right. a Sega thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. now it's that. So that's got to that's sting. Uh, the last thing was uh, I was remiss in saying earlier that it, that Microsoft bought Bungie. I was that is not correct. Microsoft did not buy Bungie today. It's Sony bought Bungie today. We there, that's right. There, that's right. Yeah, there was some posts we had seen a couple of times where it says it, around places that Microsoft bought them. 
but that was incorrect. It's actually so no that yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't even make sense with the conversation we had around it because I was like, does Bungie still have Halo? And no, they haven't had Halo for a long time. No, they don't time. have Halo. So so it's not like um, Sony is. Buying, I was yeah. It's clear that Sony does yeah. not buying Halo, right? Right. Uh, Sony's buying um, Bungie, which they're they're buying Destiny, which right. You know, it's it's right. one. It's probably one of those. I'm sure it was not like because of the Microsoft purchase, but I'm sure it pushed it forward a lot quicker, you know? Sure. So, because if you, they're going to lock down Call of Duty, it looks like Sony's going to have to transition another first person shooter as their flagship shooter. And mm-hmm. it sounds like they're going to be pushing uh, Destiny as the, the future of their shooters. Uh, so, right. that's that's a good thing to help counterbalance the, the loss of Call of Duty. Note that uh, the last thing on the subject is that, that these purchases are going to take three years probably to to work their way through shake out yeah, yeah because it takes a year their their purchase isn't until next year of the of activision blizzard so nothing will change and they're specifically telling their entire company keep doing everything the way you're doing it and keep planning the way you're planning nothing is changing until the purchase and then right. microsoft has said that all of existing contracts they already have you know, the company Activision Buzzer has, they are going to continue to honor those. So all these games like Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, you know, are still going to be on um, PlayStation. So, or, or whatever thing they might be on. Uh, so mm-hmm. we won't see those. And that, so you're going to have to like put out Diablo 4 and then have a Diablo 5 before you see, you know, that happen change. Or, mm. or um, uh, Call of Duty, I don't know, 2025 you know, will be exclusive. Um, right. To, to that flip side, um, today when Sony bought Bungie, they were very, very clear that they are not making Bungie be um, single platform, that they want them to continue to be cross-platform. Uh, okay. And, and the, the uh, director or owners of Bungie had said the same thing. Uh, they come out and said, we are continuing to develop. We're going to continue to develop. We're bought, we're, we're working with Sony and to be better with Sony, but we're going to continue developing for all consoles. Um, hmm. Which is, that's Sony's way of saying, like, there is no reason why we can't make money off all consoles, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which I, that's actually the, I think what's something Microsoft should continue to do. I don't know why they, if, if anything for the players, the best thing going forward would be that all these companies are making money off all this, right? Uh, right. Activision Blizzard could always make a ton of money off running on Windows or Mac. Right. 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 It's, it's just crazy to say, you know, I, I understand why you can't, it's hard to develop between those two operating systems, but today, yeah, the, the, yeah. today and age, the it's consoles bigger, are so close. It's a bigger thing than, than between uh, Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. So anyway, that's, those are big news. Those are some big stuff to think about. They won't shake out for a couple of years, so we won't worry about it. But I, but to yeah, close yeah. that out, I, I do totally believe what you said. I don't think that that purchase will help. Activision Blizzard in any way, it's I, it doesn't hurt them, but it doesn't help them either. Except for their yeah. P- PR I mean, problem. I mean, yeah, maybe it does, but but I don't see. Oh, that. I, I think it will help their PR problem. I think they'll just clean house. I I think they'll yeah probably Microsoft will just it's the perfect excuse for them to clean house and get rid of those people without even a second thought and just totally say it's the merger. We've got someone in their right. place. We're just going to merger and get rid of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whew, sorry, that was a side rant there. But hey, let's <laughs> before we go too far on uh, meandering, let's do our movie of the week. Yeah. Mom. 
right, so this week we watched Rear Window. This is an Alfred Hitchcock film from 1954, um, starring Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart, uh, Grace Kelly, um, and some other people that you've probably never heard of. Which is unfortunate because they're all great. Because uh, they're all because they're all great, even the you know the characters that you don't really see from a from a distance. But um, yeah, there's. I don't know. I, 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 we, you know, we always say there's, there's not much to say, but this is one of those where I think there's not a lot to say. We're going to probably try our best anyway to talk about it for half an hour, but, um, I, well, I, I, I think anyone who's watched me listen to some of these things know that I have, I have, uh, developed a crush on, on, uh, Hepburn and, uh, mm-hmm. Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. And, and, uh, by watching a lot of these shows and even so, but, uh, Grace Kelly is definitely up there. I think it's so weird watching these shows as an adult, you know, because they were mm. on. My grandma would have them running at her house. Sure. Um, and so I, I kind of always had a fondness for even black and white or these these old shows because, you know, they're at grandma's house. Um, so they kind of make me feel, you know, nice or warm like grandma did. Um, mm. But uh, watching them as an adult, uh, you know, like I say, man, she's really pretty. <laughs> right, right. I, it, like distractingly it, it's so it's so weird because you know obviously hollywood has 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 always been known for trying to put unattainable women and men in in the, these roles but back in the 50s those women felt like barbie dolls like they just like they're living yeah. barbie dolls i've never <laughs> seen anyone in real life look like grace kelly i'm sure there are but yeah and from all accounts, like, you know, just a, a pleasure to work with and, and, and all that's, you know, based on the trivia and the, and did you, have you noticed that every one of the stars back in this time have like crystal clear blue eyes? Like it's like ethereal. And I know that some of these things were color touched <laughs> up, but I'm like, so yeah, some of that's colorized. How, but, how uh, do they, yeah. and I know that like people, Jimmy Stewart has this you know, blue eyes and stuff like that, but. Mm-hmm. I, I bet you back then you couldn't even walk into the office unless you had genetically perfect blue eyes. They didn't have contacts that did that back then. Right. right. So anyway, it's just weird. But watching, like I said, watching this as an adult, I noticed they're all adults. And it's, you know, also I noticed the fact that he's like what, in his 50s or something and she's in her 20s. It, those are things you notice in 50s movies. I don't know. It I mean, there's like a very... there's a gap in age. It's not like... It's not like a love story between uh, Humphrey Bogart and and Audrey Hepburn, but sure. Um, but it's it's always like fifteen years difference back then of the leads. Born born in oh eight, born in twenty nine. So yeah, yeah, 20, 20, 21 years, years uh, yeah. Uh, difference. Yeah, so difference she's like thirty two. and he's like fifty one, something like in that. Right, right. Uh, and that's and that's what they did a lot in the fifties. Sure. Yeah, it was just who knows why, but like I mean, they established. Still do it. What do we care? They still do it. So like well-established, you know, uh, competent actors, competent, but like well-established. Whatever. I don't need to say any more than that. And you know, they still wanted. Um, you know, it's just it's just a difference in the way that typical men and women age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't, but, mean, I didn't mean to make that a point of it. It was, it was just, yeah, that's these a whole, are things I that I know is right. There's not a lot I can I can say about that. That's, that's yeah. not too problematic. But yeah. um, it, it's just, I, said I noticed last, them as an adult now. Yeah, yeah. I said last week that um, that Jimmy Stewart is not, uh, is not playing George Bailey. And he's not not playing George Bailey. <laughs> right. right? Like, he still like, plays. I think he's basically himself. He's If he was out today, he, they would just he, say he's like a Tom Cruise. Right. Like. I think whatever character he was playing in Vertigo was very different. Um, and like I saw Mr. Smith goes to Washington years ago. And I remember that being, being a little different, but here he's kind of playing George Bailey at his most like cantankerous moments. Right. Right. Uh, cantankerous is a, maybe too strong of a word, but I'm like, what is, and you know, the movie doesn't really, doesn't really explain it and so maybe it's supposed to be one of those like you know irrational attraction love things that happen in I real mean, between life the two of like, them yeah i don't get that between <laughs> the two of them so you're like for some reason she loves him because he is so like he's he's like he's white fanging her for most of the movie not totally most of the movie, but but the first act you're like he doesn't wanna and it's you know, it's spun a little, um, not altruistic, but like maybe a little altruistic. Like he thinks that they're, that they're a bad match and she's going to be unhappy. So he's trying to push her away. Sure. Um, but it reminded me of the, some of the scenes in, in, um, it's a wonderful life where like, there's this guy, this, you know, he's not bad looking, like he's tall and charismatic and whatever, but I'm like, there's this guy and this gorgeous girl you know donna <laughs> reed and he's being so rude so mean to her right. you're like why is she still here and that's that's how i felt about this movie at the, the beginning whole, the but whole then, time i felt that way <laughs> as the movie goes on it gets more and you can see it in his acting like he does a, it's in it's you know of this era so it's a little exaggerated from a modern perspective but you can see him um like as she she sort of changes like not not a lot but she changes as as she gets invested in what's going on with him and this and this situation with the with the courtyard mm-hmm. behind him uh and it reminded me of the um you know the popularity of true crime now yeah but of course you know this is 70 years ago um that you know she's fascinated and like as she's fascinated she's more invested in what he's doing he becomes more warm to her he does um, he totally does right in their in their relationship i mean it's it's almost uh, a pivotal scene can we move into spoilers because i don't want to mention oh thing. sure yeah this is so this is a story about a mystery and um we'll do final thoughts judgments at the end but if you haven't seen it uh go watch it and then come it's, back come back yeah yeah, yeah. I okay. there's a there's sure, a there's sure a specific okay, point when that happens. It's when it's when I think uh, he has the binoculars or something like that, and she tells him to kind of stop, look at himself, and I, that's very much like the audience is also thinking this kind of same thing. Um, and I I think I, there, there's a specific scene, and she starts kind of going on the theory, right? And then 
Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I know she, it is. It's when she, after the cop left, after the, the his detective friend kind of let them both down, and then she comes back with like, mm-hmm. "No, don't let this go because this is a thing." And he looks at her like, "I love you so much." You know? <laughs> right. Right. You're feeding into my my needs here, <laughs> uh, which which was yeah. great. It's yeah. Cu- so there's couple goals. Would they say right? Hashtag couple goals. Right. Right. <laughs> Has- hashtag goals. Um. So uh, we talked. I don't know. This is this is just an aside, but um, you've probably never seen a movie called Pillow Talk. No, did not. Uh, so that was a Rock Hudson Doris Day love story. Okay. Um, it's the the whole the whole story. It's almost like a is probably based on like a play or something. But the bit is that they have a party line, so like they. I don't know if they live in the same building in my mind they must live in the same building to share a party line but i don't know really how phones used to work <laughs> um so like a bunch of them have the same phone number right and she can't use her phone all the time i don't know why i'm explaining a story of this movie <laughs> um she can't use her phone most of the time because he's always on it singing to women <laughs> okay um anyway the uh what is she kind of funny i don't i don't know if she's a housekeeper or something but um thelma ritter is in that movie playing that's the that's the nurse in rear window oh okay um she's playing door she's playing doris day's like housekeeper um and so she's always like picking up her phone and listening to rock hudson sing to these women Right. Like, a, you know, she's she's a fan of his <laughs> of his work. Um, and it's it's not a hugely different character to what she's playing here in uh, in Rear Window because she's great. Right. Um, just full of like, you know, old timey advice and and <laughs> lines, you know, old sayings. Yeah, uh, she, she's definitely the, not the love interest, but the, the friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's she, like she, the the magic friend stereotype who has all the good advice for right for Jimmy Stewart's character, which, which is great because she she's all of these characters. It's I actually so let's talk about the structure of this this show. I thought sure. well done. I, I'm it's gonna be easy for me to say right there that I like this I like this show. Um, yeah. Like this movie. The um. He's he's. The way it's set up with like his his broken leg, like full leg cast type thing, where he can't he's got to mm-hmm. sit in that chair. That's key. Like it's key to the whole thing, right? It's every bit, and even the suspense parts at the end. Are, it's that's you got to have that. It's the key to the whole show. Well done, right? You got to have this this guy mm-hmm. do this thing, um, and then uh, all of these houses that are all back porch. And some people now watching this would think that's just crazy that people have all their windows all the time, but they didn't have air conditioning back then. People remember there's, right, right. they, they had as big windows as you could and always open. Oh, you know, I, I was probably aware of that and didn't really conceptualize that. It reminds me of when we watched uh 12 angry men. Yeah. Right. And they, you can see in them all sweating and stuff. You yeah. don't really see, I don't know that you really see Jimmy Stewart sweating as much as you, you would don't. expect. Or, but or the other keep, people. Like, Hitchcock keeps showing you the thermometer. Oh, great. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that you say that about the windows open in the courtyard, I'm like... Because I always was just like, oh, there's people in the city. People in the city are used to 
just being sort of in public all the time because it's just so crowded. There are people all around you. Oh, yeah. No, they just, they, it's still but closed it's also up now. Yeah. In- incredibly hot. Like that's why there's a couple sleeping out on the fire escape. And, and yeah, all that stuff. exactly. It's what it is. By, by the way, loved that couple. Like my, my first thought was like, what a kooky thing. They got their, it was it's him. And then it was his wife. And I thought, well, you know what? Again, hashtag couple goals. Whatever get brings them together was great. And then when he made it rain, and he was even like icing on the cake there. That was so yeah. perfect. I was like, but what if it rains? This is so unbelievable. And then it rains. I'm like, yes, you did it. It was so great. Uh, yeah. But so anyway, that yeah, the, the big windows, that's something to realize is that it was big windows back then. I remember when I went to school and stuff, we had in these old buildings, huge windows um, right. to let the sun shine in, to heat it in the winter, and then uh, to open them up during the, the summer. So that's why these people had these open all the time. And I did like how they would intentionally close blinds and they would talk about that. And it was kind of a, right. an important part of it. And they would show other characters closing blinds and such and such. Um, I like that there were multiple characters besides the main, we'll say the bad guy on the other side, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the main focus. Uh, all these other characters uh, in these little houses, they didn't just overlook them. They're definitely not part of the main story, but there's the whole musician there's the the lonely the heartbroken lady at the bottom mm-hmm. uh the dancer there's even the people right next door to him that lean out for a smoke you know right um so there, there's i like that the they newlyweds. they have little stories happening everywhere besides I, the main I, thread i'm pretty sure that i laughed out loud it's like um well because it's jimmy stewart it reminds me of this is probably a moment that you won't notice unless you've seen it's a wonderful life 50 times like i have but when after they get married in it's a wonderful life and he goes you know he he pays off all the people at the run on his building and loan goes to the old house and donna reed is waiting there for him and his buddies like sing to them and all that yeah he walks in and he scans the room and he sees the like chicken cooking on the spit and the record player and all that but then he looks into the bedroom and there's like a bed with shoes right behind and it's like a it's a thing they used to do in renaissance paintings and but jimmy stewart is scanning the room and then you see the bed and it cuts back to him and he like does this big stage double take right Mm -hmm. it's not three stooges big but it's it's big you know (laughs) big reaction and that's kind of the stuff that he's doing in this movie with the newlywed couple next door Right. Like he'll look over, the camera will pan over, and you see like, up oh, the curtain's still closed, <laughs> and then it then it pans over to Jimmy Stewart, and he just like does a little side smirk kind of thing, right? Um, and the movie goes on. It's this like, you know, they couldn't show even in a Hitchcock movie, like you couldn't explicitly say stuff, right? You couldn't say, you know. You couldn't have bad language. You couldn't show nudity, right? Hmm. But it's, if you know, you know, if you're an adult and you understand, like, what this scene is you're seeing with this newlyweds, with these newlyweds with very little dialogue, right? you understand what's going on, and then you see Jimmy Stewart reacting to it, and it's like, it's like an inside joke between you and and the members of the audience who are, uh, you know, aware enough to get it yeah the the that's something i i I thought i didn't think a lot about but i was talking to somebody else at work today when i was discussing this movie 
was that I, as I said earlier, just on the show was that, you know, watch watch them as a kid and they don't get like it happens. They sprinkle adult things in that kids might see in, in kids shows today. Um, mm-hmm. Back then, everything was basically rated a G. Um, right, so, right. So they sprinkled all that in there anyway. Um, and now that I watch this with adult eyes, I see things like the beautiful women and the older men that just have a different kind of perspective. And that's mm-hmm. one of them, like all the little innuendos that they're doing that for just what you just described. My favorite in this one was, um, <laughs> I just kept wanting to like smack the guy in the face. Like she's totally coming on to him. She's trying to kiss him and he just won't, he just wants to look at the, out the window. Right. And keeps talking about <laughs> the window. And I'm like, Oh my God, dude, you are the worst. Is this really how it was that did, did men have to beat women off a stick, which is not true, but Hollywood wanted you to think, um, right. That, that women were just throwing themselves at men. Uh, which she was right. doing and like, Oh, you're, you're just such an idiot. And then she like talks about like what, having a sleep. He's like, I don't have pajamas. He's just so terrible about her sleeping over. Um, right. only, it's only right. one, it's only one bed. And she's like, uh, of course not, you know? Uh, and yeah, so he keeps pushing her away. And then she comes out with these, this nighty, right? She pulls it out of her, her mm-hmm. bag for a sleepover bag. Um, which again is, is, seems very risque now that I, you know, realize it. Yeah. Um, and she puts it down and I absolutely love when the detective buddy comes in mm-hmm. and the camera just like looks at him looking at the side. Then it looks at it. The camera is shot of her nightgown with her dresser and then back at him and then back at Jimmy Stewart and then back at him, <laughs> back at the thing. Yeah. And then Jimmy Stewart again. And finally Jimmy Stewart says, watch it tim or something <laughs> that's all he said i was like that that's really great <laughs> you know? yeah yeah it's something it's just very um um i mean i don't want to say subtle because like the camera mo- movement oh it's 100 right <laughs> is is very blatant yeah but again if you're you know, a kid watching this, like you're not going to get it at all. Right. But, but as an um, adult, he's like, you're going to sleep together with that woman tonight. You know? Right. That's, right. That's exactly what they were saying, which was, it's just, it was phenomenal. Um, do you, do you, do you tell your landlord everything? That, yeah. That whole thing. <laughs> do you tell your landlord? <laughs> I haven't told, I have to talk to the landlord about you staying the night. I'm like that's, I have an overnight guest. It's yeah. so, so hilarious. Um, he, uh, they they do that uh, later on too with a couple other things and I, I think it's just just a riot. Um, so that that was enjoyable uh, a whole lot. I, I I found it a couple of funny things that I really kind of just haha enjoyed was that there's an insurance nurse that comes to the, his house right, every right. day to give him a massage, a back mm-hmm. massage at that. Not not like with his legs or his hips or anything like that. Just a back massage, and then she has mm-hmm. all sorts of like. I don't know. She like folds his laundry or something and does all sorts of housework. And I'm like, what, right. What, did it, was this a real thing? Did insurance companies, like I can't get my insurance to company when somebody slams into the side of my car blatantly to pay anything. And back then they yeah. sent nurses over. Who knows? It, it was crazy. Who knows? Well, they need it. I mean, who knows as far as the realism, but I understand why she's there for the story. Like you need somehow to understand why Jimmy Stewart is not, invested in this relationship with grace kelly oh yeah yeah right um and that he's not just being a dick yeah right and so you need you need somebody there already for him to talk to who's going to be like who's who's you know in this era someone who would be 
uh let's say nosy enough yeah to like to ask about it and right? i love her like she's great her character yeah and she's she's great like they couldn't hitchcock couldn't use or i mean this is based on a on a short story but I mean, they could have used um, a best friend or something that's coming over all the time yeah they could have it couldn't have been like um the detective yeah. right like um because he's their relationship is different he wouldn't uh he wouldn't ask right and so, right. so they need this character, and there has to be a reason for her to be there in his apartment all the time. And the fact that it's female um, is 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 good too. Like that's right. that's yeah. that's like plays into like she's supporting the other girl when they say stuff, and the whole female intuition thing, and sure. uh, you know that that all kind of like feeds together, especially when those two start getting together, which leads to the end. There's there's a lot. There's a lot. I like again. I like this. This makes it my kind of movie. But there's a lot of. I'm sure people who would watch this would be like, "Oh, what a wasted opportunity!" Because they could have made it like that. He was going crazy, or that it really wasn't, or that he falls and oh, dies, or that she dies on accident. Because there's no, there's no like twist ending. Right. There's no. It's like it is what it is. Right. He he's totally right. And there's and it ends exactly. But throughout the whole movie, I kept thinking like, well, if this is would be a modern movie with storytelling the modern writers are going to are going to do something stupid like make it a psychological thing like it's going to be super deep it didn't need to be deep it was entertaining he he did in the end was proven right which kind of makes you feel like it was worth the the journey i guess mm. you know and for sure. these all the characters he didn't die which is another thing i thought they were going to do to him by the way, did you like that those camera shots of him falling and the <laughs> that was the one that was the one moment of like I mean aside from it culturally being set in a time yeah that was the the only moment where I was like oh here's some here's some fifties era special effects special effects right yeah they, um, they they spent all their budget on that special effect right there well and the I mean that one effect and then the set because according to the trivia this whole courtyard thing is one set oh like, i bet it looks like one set they built all of it perfectly and then filmed everything like from that apartment yeah where yeah jimmy stewart is hitchcock is in there and like radioing to the different performers when they have to do different things out in the out in the courtyard i thought actually that that seemed i mean i don't know about prices back in the day with the construction stuff but that seemed like very economical like just one sure. set with one perspective and that's it. Um, yeah. Just build that on a soundstage and you're good to go and nothing else has to change. Um, right. Which was, which was great. Uh, like the ending that the, the musician gets together with the late Miss Lonely Heart at the bottom. Miss Lonely Heart. Mm -hmm. uh, can I ask you how the heck they, every person seems to throw a party with 30 people in a one room place, <laughs> especially well, the musician who has a baby grand piano in his room. Right, right. It's like, um, it's like in Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? They have these parties, and their their, their apartment is just full of people because they're so they full small of apartments because it's a city. Like, I I really wondered if that was a real thing. Like watching this thing, I was like, the the what's it called, Miss Torso, the ballerina girl, has the, the first party, mm -hmm. and she has like twelve to fifteen people in this little bitty room. Not to mention, she lives in this one room apartment with her bed in that room. By the way. And she has enough room to spin around and do dancing. Like that's that's why she's out on her balcony all the time. And, I guess uh, so. And the, the, the musician has one room that's the size of the baby grand piano, and somehow he fits fifteen people in that room. Right, right. And they're the all trivia, like having a wonderful day. 
speaking of Miss Torso, the trivia says that that actress, um, I'm not going to remember her name, Darcy uh, something, um, during the, the month of shooting, she basically lived on the set in that apartment because it was oh, like really? a built out apartment. So she like, even when they weren't filming, like, she just lived in it to like keep the, get the right feel of it being her place. That's great. Like, like she had no lines, cool. right? The whole time. No. Well, she she says some stuff to her boyfriend when he comes back. Oh, does she? Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, right. She Yeah, there's that. She's so funny. She's got a boyfriend at the end who's like this short military guy. Um, yeah. It, it, it was just so weird. I, what I know of the word Hitchcock, this did, I would never have someone said, who, who do you think directed this movie or wrote or whatever this movie? I would not have called this a Hitchcock movie from what I... I, I, yeah, I mean, he, he was, so, and so, so I don't know if this was like, um, you know, an experiment thing for him to do a different, I mean, I know he, he had a huge catalog of movies, right? right. And he had, he had a whole TV show where he was doing anthology things every episode. I think he was just experimental, like always trying, trying, doing new things. And so just his, some of his most successful or most well-known stuff are these kind of psychological thrillers. Yeah. And right. this story is, it's not, not a psychological thriller, but it's really a, a, a love story between these two characters with a psychological thriller in the background. And there, there were a few, honestly, I mean, not like crazy, but tense moments, right? Like, yeah. Be- yeah. Because because Grace Kelly is so likable, and because their relationship becomes this something that you actually like, you know, because right. of the two actors, uh, when she risks her her neck, it's some real tension there. Like I didn't want this lady to to get get whacked or fall off the window or something, you know. <laughs> get whacked. You know? Um, <laughs> That's what they would call it back then. Get whacked. Right. I know. I know. I know. This isn't a mobster movie. Um, <laughs> well, he seemed like a mobster. I was thinking that guy was he, a mobster. He, he he did a little bit. His neighbor, um, uh, Thor Thor Thurman Thorwald Thorwald. That's um, yeah. I so I've seen this before, but as always, it's been like fifteen years ago Mm -hmm. or more when I was when I was really uh into film and and seeing old films, and so I remember just bits and pieces. But mostly like the overview. I'm like, he's in this apartment and he sees what he thinks is a murder. And and that's it. And so, yeah, there were moments where I'm like, does somebody die? Does one of them die? I mean, that's mm-hmm. sort of what you would expect in a Hitchcock film. Yeah, so that's maybe, what I did expect. Maybe at, at this point in his career, he was like, oh, this will be the surprise twist. Like, everybody will expect one of them to die. So, haha, they uh-huh. live happily ever after. <laughs> Makes sense. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, so like, oh, uh, that's a great Hitchcock, right? You know, surprise, keep surprise. Them, keep them guessing. And uh, um, and for people who are listening yeah. who who are younger and maybe not know this kind of genre, we, we mentioned the, the air conditioner thing too. Yes, Peeping Tom is, is still creepy no matter what, you know, generation or year it was. It was still, it's still kind of a creepy thing. And they, they chastised him for it several, several times. But something that they also, you may not realize, he didn't have a television. He doesn't have internet. He has no phone. Right. He, I mean, he's got a phone, but it's nothing like there's nothing to do in that one room, right? For eight weeks. So you can kind of see 
and he's been seven weeks deep into this already. Uh, so it, it, that made it a little bit more plausible to me, I think, right? That even I would start be like looking at the birds and start naming the birds at that point. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. Not to mention a little. naming every person in the window and following their lives. Uh, right. Yeah, that's that's a that's a little that's definitely possible. Okay, so final thoughts on this. Uh, I really, I really like this show, this movie. It was fun. It was good. It's it's a, a good fifties movie uh, overall. It's got so many interesting tropey fifties stuff with relationships and things and <laughs> the way people work. Um, yeah, but that that kind of added to its charm. Um, it's there is very little realistic, I think, in it, but but. Uh, at no point did I care that anything was realistic in, in any way. Uh, and sure. the parts that were realistic were, were, were fun. Uh, and the, the ending was for me great, you know? Sure. So this sure. is the Hitchcock that I would put at the top of my list for any Hitchcock movie I've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we watched for the, I don't know if these were both for the poster, but we've watched vertigo and, uh psycho and i think our our buddy fox told me um i don't know because i was sort of messaging him while i was watching this i do that when i'm pretty sure that he's seen a film Mm -hmm. rather than in one of our our group channels because i don't want to spoil your experience with my impressions Mm -hmm. um he said i think this is one of um one of hitchcock's movies that has aged well um, I would agree. And while, you know, just like any movie of this era, it's going to have it's going to have references. It's going to have things. I mean, even if it didn't have any weird, like unusual uh, gender or relationship dynamics to our to our modern eyes, mm-hmm. you're still going to see Grace Kelly smoking in his apartment. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like there's always there's going to be something right. It's been 70 years almost. Um, I, w- I will say that there is no world that any man would turn Grace Kelly down the way that he turns her down all the time. So. Right, right. That, that's probably and the most unbelievable part of it. Yeah. The, mo- the most unbelievable. But um, while it's a very different movie from either of, of Vertigo and Psycho, and even Vertigo and Psycho are pretty different from each other, mm-hmm. um, I would like... I don't know. It's the same old thing. Like, who are you? Who are you recommending this to? If I'm talking to somebody who's never seen a Hitchcock film, who is not uh, an an overt like uh, mystery thil- thriller or or horror, not that either. Even Psycho isn't really horror. Yeah, who but do is, you recommend but this to me? Is, is you can recommend film. it to me. But like, if you've never seen a Hitchcock movie and you're not explicitly interested in thrillers or psych thrillers um i would recommend this movie above uh psycho and vertigo and i would probably recommend psycho above vertigo because vertigo is so weird with it's so weird the the relationship with uh with jimmy stewart and um, and the the driving in the car for 20 minutes janet lee yeah yeah i don't even know why vertigo's on those lists dolly zoom i guess (laughs) anyway it has things to recommend but Anyway, all right. Well, we're we're running a little long. What's your what's your pick for next week? Oh, what is my pick for next week? Okay, so we're gonna watch a psychological thriller. Okay. Um, 
that that feels like it what i would say is an impre- my mental thought of hitchcock okay like okay. What, what, when people say a hitchcock film uh this is what i would think of a hitchcock it's not a hitchcock film it's, it's not old it's like what 90s or 2000 or something like that Okay. Is it American Psycho? Because we already watched that. No, 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 no. Like psychological, not psycho. Oh, like, okay. It's psychological. There's it's psychological like, stuff to it. Tesca say. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So it's called Twelve Monkeys with Brad Pitt and I think um, Bruce Willis is in it. I think Bruce, Bruce Willis is in it. Um, hmm. I think so. I know Brad Pitt definitely is. Okay. Um, so Twelve Monkeys. I haven't seen it since it very first came out, and I remember liking it, but it's been that many years. Okay. Cool. All right. I think we, cool. I think we got them all. We, we shut them all down. All right. Sweet. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 330. Wait, 300? 300. No. Not, not nowhere near that. 231. <laughs> There's a three. and This is a time it's... travel thing, right? Is what happening? I, Just... I started talking without tabbing over to my notes. Oh, is, it, is this future, Dennis? I'm talking to 100 episodes yeah. into the future, Dennis. Yeah, 100. Two years of 2024. Uh, <laughs> What's it like, Dennis? Good. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 231. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you want to reach out to us via email with suggestions for things we should watch and discuss, you can do that. Our address there is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you don't like email, you can always go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.